Good morning, Rivertown Community Church. Hey, so good to have all of you at all our churches today as we begin a brand new two-week series entitled Unprecedented. And let me just say, if you're a first-time guest with us at any of our campuses today, you're going to get to see what God is up to in and through this church. And we just pray that, um, man, it'll just inspire your heart as well. So uh, let me start off this conversation with a question. Here's the question. How many of you like interruptions? Um, you groans? Yeah, I, I think the answer is the truth is none of us like interruptions, do we? Here's why. Because in our minds, whenever we get interrupted, they distract us from what really is important. Whenever we get interrupted, it distracts us from what really matters the most. It, it distracts us from where, you know, what we believe we need to be fulfilling and doing and accomplish with our lives. But here's even a greater question. What happens when God interrupts you? Like, what happens when you feel like that you're walking along and you're following God's plan for your life, but then God comes along and he does something that totally takes you off the path, totally alters the plan that you are on? Now, here's what's interesting about this. For the past 28 years, God has shown up time and time again, and he's interrupted our plans as a church. Each time we thought, well, we were doing what God wanted us to do, and this was the next step that God had for us, and this was the next step, and we were just kind of taking those steps. And every time God came along and he interrupted our plans based on what we thought he was calling us to do, we experienced something totally unprecedented. And so for the next two weeks, what we want to do is we're going to share with you how we believe that God is once again divinely interrupting us as a church and absolutely what this means for us as a church. And to help us see this, we're inviting you to join us in a series of history lessons. Not, not just history lessons, but a history-making lesson. In fact, we find today's lesson in a document in the New Testament entitled Revelation. So if you want to take your Bibles and go to Revelation chapter 3, that's where we're going to be. And some of you who are joining us for our Tuesday night Revelation study, you're thinking, huh, I thought we were studying Revelation. Well, I skipped that passage on purpose to save it for this talk this morning. Now, next week, we're going to look at another history-making lesson. And today, I invite you to go to Revelation chapter 3. Now, one of the questions that I get answered or asked oftentimes as a pastor that people want answers to is, how do I discover or how do I know my meaning? How do I know my purpose in life? In fact, how many of you have kind of ever wondered, why am I here? I've done that. I mean, I know many of you have. Is there any purpose for this life or does just life just go around and around and around? Like, is this all there is to life? You know, that I just get an education and then I get a job and then I get married and then I have some kids and then I, the kids leave the house and I, I mourn that for a little bit and, and then eventually you retire and then you sit around and you play board games and there's a reason it's called board games, right, with your friends until you die because you do that kind of when you're bored, you know, that kind of thing. Some of you love board games, and it's not boring to you, but that's great. So here's the deal. <laughs> See, all of us at some point, we just think, is this all there is? In fact, some of you, you kind of look into your future and go, well, I think my life's already planned out, so what does it matter what I think or feel? And, and then others of you going, okay, I'm getting older, and I don't see my life going anywhere. Is there really any purpose? Now, what's really neat about this is that there is a passage in the New Testament that was written by a, name, by a man by the name of John. You know him as the Apostle John. And he answers this very question, and we're going to look at that passage today out of Revelation. Now, let me just kind of give you a little bit of background for this passage, and that is this. The Apostle John, he's writing to a church that is being oppressed, that is being greatly persecuted. 
They're going through a really, really, really hard time, really difficult time. And so they're asking the question that many of us are asking whenever we go through very difficult times, and that is this, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Is it worth it to be fully devoted in my relationship to Jesus? Is it worth it to put God above everything else? Like, is there really any more meaning or purpose than what I'm just going? Is there any meaning or purpose to what I'm going through? Is it worth it to make Jesus Christ number one in my life? Well, I want you to notice what John writes to these struggling Christians who are really asking the same question that many of us ask about purpose and meaning whenever we are going through a very difficult time. And here's the thing. If you're with us today and you're at one of our churches and, and you're not a Christ follower, I am so glad that you're here because our prayer has been that you will discover, or as we discover the answer to this question of meaning and purpose, that it might maybe answer why you might want to consider becoming a follower of Jesus Christ as well. So here's what John says, Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. He says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. So to this group of struggling Christ followers, this group of Christ followers who are going through a very tough time and they're asking the same kind of question that we often ask when we're going through a tough time, is it worth it? Is there any purpose? Is there any meaning? John says to this group of people, God says, I've placed before you an open door. And this phrase right here, I have placed before you an open door, it really is an open door of opportunity. It's an open door of opportunity to be used in a mighty way by God. It's an open door of opportunity to discover meaning and purpose and fulfillment in life. Now, here's why this statement, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut as an opportunity for this church in Philadelphia. Here's why this is such a big deal. Don't miss this. Philadelphia was a very insignificant town. It was just this little small, insignificant crossroads of a town. Like if you blinked when you went through Philadelphia, they didn't drive back then on vehicles and that kind of stuff, you know, but you'd have missed it, right? It was that kind of town. They, they didn't have like a caution light at, at their intersection. I know they didn't have lights and stuff back then, but you, you get the point, right? So it's like this small, insignificant crossroad of a town. But it had one very unusual characteristic. It was on the border of three countries. Three countries all came together where Philadelphia was. And God comes to this church in this little crossroad of a town, in a town named Philadelphia, which is, means the what? The city of brotherly love, right? It's that the bottom line, root idea of brotherly love. And he gives them this incredible opportunity to show the love of Jesus by reaching a whole region for Jesus Christ. So this very small congregation of ordinary, everyday Christ followers who are being persecuted, who are wondering if it's worth it, can we have any impact with our lives? God speaks through John, and here's what he says. He says, I know that you have little strength. See, that's what they felt. We're just this insignificant group of people living in this little insignificant crossroad of a town. We have very little strength, but God goes on, yet yeah, you have kept my word and you've not denied my name. 
So God, through John, he says, listen, I know you have very little strength, but to the people looking on, yeah, they look at you and they go, you don't have much ability to have impact. You don't have much ability to influence from an outside perspective. But God says to this little group of Christ followers in this little crossroad of a town, he says, I've got incredible opportunities for you. I have set before you an open door. And, and the big question God is asking this church is this, will you walk through this door? Will you let me use you in remarkable, unprecedented kind of ways? And please hear me. I cannot stress this enough. The greatest gift that God can give a church, the greatest gift that God can give a follower of Jesus Christ is not comfort, it's not wealth, it's not health, it's not security, it's not any of that stuff that we spend our lives preoccupied about, worrying about, and come up, be, be obsessed about. No, no, no. The greatest gift that God can give his church, that God can give his children, is the gift of an open door. Listen, the greatest God, gift that God can give any one of you who are followers of Christ is the possibility or the opportunity to be used by God in an amazing way for a task that has eternal significance with it. And please hear me. If you are a Christ follower, you need to understand this. No matter what you're going through, no matter the struggle, no matter how insignificant the family you think you came from, the job that you have, the community you live in, no matter how insignificant your life is, you need to understand our God is the God of the open door. And God is going to come into your life and God is going to come to your life and he's going to tap on your heart at times and go, I'm giving you an open door. And here's what I've discovered over all these 20-something years of ministry. When people step out in faith and they walk through that open door, the power of God is unleashed. The power of God is set in motion. And things beyond our ability happen in ways that we just can't explain. It's kind of like the Apostle Paul wrote in the, in the letter to the church at Ephesus. He says, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than all we could ask, think, or imagine. Our God is the God of the open door. And here's the thing. When an individual or when a church steps out in faith and they walk through that open door, you get to see and you get to experience amazing God things like never, ever before. Now, for those of you, as I said earlier, for those of you that are with us today and you're not a Christ follower, man, I am so glad that you're here because our prayer, as I said, is that you'll begin to understand that God being the God of the open door, maybe that's enough of a reason for you to consider being a follower of Jesus Christ because all of a sudden you're discovering, wow, that's how I begin to understand meaning and purpose and fulfillment in life. Amen. Now, for those of you that are followers of Jesus Christ, man, here's the thing. Our prayer is that you will understand that God is the God of the open door. Because here's the thing, when you understand that God is the God of the open door, you will step out and you will do things that are absolutely amazing. So here's the thing that I want you to understand as followers of Christ, and that is this. There is no tragedy like the tragedy of a person or a church that abandons walking through an open door. Don't miss that. There is no tragedy like the tragedy of a person or a church that abandons walking through an open door. So what I want to ask you is what is the door of opportunity that God is opening up right now for you? What is that open door? Maybe for some of you, the open door that God has put in front of you is somebody in your neighborhood. Maybe God has put them on your heart 
Maybe it's somebody that you've been investing in and, and now God is saying, hey, I want you to invite them to be with you at church or I want you to invite them to take a next step in their relationship with Jesus. Maybe the open door for you is somebody at your work or maybe for the open door for you is somebody that you go to school with that needs the gospel, that needs a follower of Christ come alongside them. Maybe for some of you, it's a ministry opportunity. Maybe it's a new job that is absolutely going to stretch you. Maybe it's even a mentoring relationship with someone younger in their faith than you. I don't know what that open door is. But here's even the bigger question, and that is this. When you wake up in the morning, are you looking with anticipation for an open door? Do you understand as a follower of Jesus Christ that every morning when you wake up, you wake up and you anticipate the open doors? Or do you just kind of wander aimlessly through life and then at the end of the day you go, oh, I miss that, I miss that, I miss that. And then you have all these regrets because you miss so many open doors. See, God is the God of the open door. And we should wake up as followers of Christ with anticipation, with excitement, knowing that today God is going to open up some doors. Because here's what happens. When God opens up small doors and we walk through them, then God will open up big doors of opportunity as well. But he says, he who is faithful little, he will be trusted with much. Now, here's the other thing about this passage. When I read this passage in Revelation, I could not help but think this one statement, it could have been made directly to our church here at RCC. This statement here. I have placed before you an open door. Because for reasons none of us really understand, God continually sets doors, open doors before this church that are unprecedented in this area and also in this region. I mean, think about it. From a small crossroads of a little town, of a little region, God has said, I have placed before you an open door over and over again. And every time it is, will you step through it in faith? And you know what the exciting thing is? We have year after year after year when God has opened those doors, small doors, large doors, we've tried to walk through them. In fact, I want you to think about for just a moment, especially if you're kind of new to RCC, think about the unprecedented things that God has done through RCC beginning with our Bluntstown campus because that's where we started out 28 years ago. And then about 11 or 12 years ago, we, we launched the Mariana campus. And then about six or seven years, six years ago, our Chipley campus. Listen, over the past 28 years, God has done amazing, amazing things, all because we walk through the open doors that God has set before us. But you know, it didn't stop there. In 2018, we merged a church into our RCC family that was struggling over in Fairhope, Alabama. And, and we merged them in as an RCC church. And we we're like, okay, we gotta, get, we gotta stabilize this. We didn't know exactly how that was going to work out. But here's the thing. Because we walked through that open door, three years later, we have launched them out as what we call a regional partner church. They are now called Baylife Church. And here's the thing, we launched them out in March of this year as, as a, a, what we call a regional partner church, which means we come alongside them and we help to fuel and to fund them. We help them to go further faster at impacting their community for Jesus. And I'll tell you how we do that in just a moment. But here's the good news. So it's so cool to watch what God has done. I talked to their senior pastor who's a friend of mine and, and basically, you know, um, we started out on this journey together to transition this, this church and... Um, the last three weeks, they have had over 40 first-time guests in the past three weeks, and 35 of those first-time guests 
were being invited by people in their church. They are getting the invest and invite strategy. They are a thriving church. I mean, they are a reaching church because here's why. You as a church, you walk through the open door and you help to fuel them and what we mean by fuel them. In other words, like you, we give them all the product and the process for any area of ministry that they need or they want. In fact, every month they, they come and they pick up all their resources they need for all their children's ministry, all their supplies. I mean, all their crafts. I mean, everything. You guys provide that for them so they can go further faster. So you can have a small staff of just a couple full-time people and and just, I mean, it's just incredible what you're doing. And then also every month, uh, we give them money to help them uh, be able to move past because otherwise they would just be so tight. And this is just helping them move faster. And the really cool thing is, is I was talking to their um, senior pastor, Brian, on Friday. And he goes, I said, so let's think about this next year. What are you guys going to need? And he goes, man, I, I just think with what God has done, um, we're not going to need your funds next year. I mean, that's just what God is doing. And you help make that happen. I mean, like, that's just absolutely incredible, right? And that's good because I'll tell you why, we're, what we're going to do with those funds next year. All right, so here's the thing. The other thing is, and just stop with Bay Life. Well, you've been partnering with Gerald Fatiomi. Many of y'all know him as Uncle Gerald. He comes and speaks several times a year to us in Roswell, Georgia. I'm on his elder board for his new church. And so every month I'm meeting with him and several times during the month talking with him. And a couple of weeks ago, I was up there in Atlanta and we were looking at locations for them to start meeting. I think we've nailed that down for them. And so they are going to be launching home church in Roswell, Georgia on January 2022. And uh, so in a couple months, they're going to be launching their church. And you guys have made that, helped make that happen. You have fueled and funded them as well to the point that you basically paid Gerald's salary, a lot of his salary for this year, so that um, he could be focused on launching this church without worrying about how he was going to feed his family. So you made that happen. And whether you know this or not, you've also been helping Philip Thurman in Madison, Alabama, fuel that church as well called Rally Church. And uh, God is just, listen, God is doing amazing things through you as a church because you keep walking through the open door. But that, that's not all. As we just experienced through the last four weeks of four, God has given us open doors to partner in our communities. To, to open doors to have big impact in our communities, to partner with organizations that are helping the hurting and the needy, open doors to partner with organizations that help young ladies choose life for their unborn babies. In fact, you may not understand this or know this, but the Pregnancy Center in Mariana, Florida, you're the ones that built that place out. You spent the $60,000 to build out that, the, their pregnancy center. And is in the shopping center on our Mariana campus. And the other thing is you fund their rent for that facility every month. In other words, like we give them that space basically rent-free. That's how you fund it, right? So, um, so yeah, you can celebrate that. So um, you're helping to fuel and fund that as well. Um, God has given us open doors to influence leadership development in our communities, open doors to repair housing and get people in stable housing. In fact, let me just quit talking about it and let me just let you see a video of some open doors that you've walked through in the last few weeks. We're outside Chipotle Area Habitat for Humanity. We're standing right outside North Florida Inland Recovery. We're standing right outside the Calhoun Liberty Ministry Center. We're standing right outside the Gulf Coast Children's Advocacy. We're standing right outside Chipola Ministries. We're standing outside Innovative Charities right now. We're standing right outside the Washington County Council on Aging. Hey, we're here today to deliver a check to Backpack for Kids here in Calhoun County. Hey, we're at Camp Anderson at Blue Springs, and we're going to go give them a gift that you gave them from the four gift. Let's go. 
Thank you, RCC. 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 For being for Camp Anderson. Chipola Family Ministries. Calhoun Liberty Ministries. The Gulf Coast Children's Advocacy Center. Washington County Council on Aging. Chipola Area Habitat for Humanity. North Florida Inland Recovery. Innovative Chairs. The Backpack Program for Calhoun County Kids. Wow, let's really celebrate that at all of our campuses. You did that. Yes, thank you guys and ladies and students so much. Wow, awesome, 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 awesome. That is so cool. Um, hey, I, I just want to thank you for being a church that walks through open doors. Um, as you saw in the video, you, you were rich and showing love by all the cards that you wrote. And let me just say something about these thank you cards that you wrote to all the staff and administration and uh, medical staff at our hospitals in our communities. And then um, also for the students and children's ministry, they wrote cards to all the teachers in all of our schools and all the administrators in all the schools. So it's way above 2,500. It's probably 3,000 plus. I mean, but here's the cool part. So we challenge you not only to write a thank you nut or thank you nut, thank you note to all of all of um, the, the people, but also to put gift cards in. And here's what was really cool. Even as soon as last Sunday afternoon, there were businesses in our communities that were running out of gift certificates and, um, and uh, cards. Um, so it's like one, one, one person told me, they said they went through Dunkin' Donut in Mariana and they were going to get gift cards from Dunkin' Donut. And the guy was like, are you one of those people from that church that's buying all these cards? <laughs> because they were like, they, they, they were almost out. They said, we only got a couple more. And they said, the cool thing is people are coming and buying 5, 10, 20 of these things and filling them up with 10 to $20. And so one guy even told me, he said, yeah, I tried to find some gift certificates in the town I was in and everybody was having to get more printed because they had sold out of their gift certificates and gift cards. And he said, so I just put $20 in it because that's never out of date and never out of time, right? So it was really cool. So not only did you write... Thank you cards to all the people in our schools and all the people in our hospitals who serve on the staffs there. But you also put those gift cards in there as well. So thank you so much for being rich and showing love because I'm telling you, I've heard from some of the people, uh, man, it is so meaningful because they feel like, you know, nobody notices all the hard work they do as a teacher or as a medical staff or working in medical facilities. So, man, thank you so much for doing that. Um, and then all the thousands of hours that you signed up to serve, I mean, between now and the end of the year, you're going to make a huge impact by loving and serving and then giving. Let me just tell you something. Your giving unlocked more money than you realize. So, for example, the 15000 that you gave to North Florida Inland Recovery, it basically unlocked somewhere between $700,000 and $750,000 to North Florida Inland Recovery because here's what happened. That money was available to them through Mennonite Disaster Service and Convoy of Hope, but they did not have case management money to fund case managers for that. So that 15000 you gave will unlock that money because they can pay case managers to help distribute that, to help continue to repair homes and um, get houses um, back to standard or maybe even put a couple new houses in. 
um, because you did that. Also, the 15000 that you gave to Chipola Area Habitat for Humanity, um, that's going to help with the infrastructure needed to build about 12 homes. They already have, I think, the money for eight or nine of those already, but they don't have the money for the infrastructure for that because that has to come through different kind of funding. And so this money is going to get matched several times over so that those homes will be built in our communities. And um, then the one that just really, man, it just always hits my heart as well is because the money you gave the, to the Children's Advocacy Center, that is going to buy blankets for every deputy in our three counties so that whenever law enforcement, um, they go to a scene of sexual abuse on a child, um, they have a blanket to wrap that child in and just to kind of make them feel warm and cared and secure. Um, I mean, tell you, you just don't know the big difference that you make in, in crucial moments in people's lives. And so thank you for trusting us as a church and giving generously and allowing us to give back to our community. The money that you gave to Innovative Charities and Chipola Ministries and Calhoun Liberty Ministry Center, I mean, it helps their expand their capacity to provide food assistance to Calhoun Liberty and Jackson County. And the money that you guys gave to Blue Springs, I mean, you gave $15,000 to Blue Springs. And what that's going to do is help provide a three-day Christmas experience for over 350 foster care um, children from all over the state of Florida. In fact, yeah, I mean, uh, it's incredible. I mean, let, let me tell you, um, I, I met with the director of the camp this week, and he and I were talking. He said, listen, we have never in our life had a church come alongside of us and partner like RCC is partnering with us. And I, I think that's just that's a great testimony um, for, for you guys and being for. Um, backpack, backpack for kids um, for Calhoun County, you gave money to that. Um, I know Washington County and Jackson County have those programs running, but Calhoun County is getting that started. And the money that you gave is going to provide 120 children food, um, basically, um, get for, for the rest of this year. And um, in, in a very, children are in very vulnerable states. And then the Council on Aging, the money you gave there, is going to help with the needs of the elderly in Washington County. And that is greatly needed at this season of life as well for many of them. So here's the thing. You guys walk through some incredible open doors, but here's the other thing. God has even more open doors for our church. And let me just kind of talk about those for just a moment, okay? So that's a lot to comprehend, but I have a lot more for you to comprehend this morning. And um, we're giving it to you like a fire hydrant this morning, right? So we told you like six months ago that God opened the door for 10 acres of land and building for our Chipley campus. So we had three acres there and um, God opened the door for us to get the other seven and, and the building. And, and here's the thing. I don't think most of us understand the miracle that is because that was on an 80 acre piece of property and we were told there was no way we could buy just a portion of land. It was going to have to buy 80 or nothing. And all of a sudden, this miracle came out of nowhere and said, hey, I'll sell you 10 acres and um, help you guys move forward so that you can build your building and, and have plenty of land there. And so we're, the, we're in the process of walking through that. Today, you've given about $370,000 of the 500 that is needed. But here's the thing. I want you to, that, that's huge. That's not the only open door. Probably about four or five months ago, um, I got a phone call asking if we would be interested in buying um, 17 acres of land adjoining our Bluntstown campus. Now, here's the thing. There was a sawmill on that piece of property for 40 or 50 years. And then I'm like, there's no way we can afford this, blah, 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 because, I mean, they, they tore all that sawmill off and everything. And... Um, so I asked the guy, so how much you want for it? He told me what he wanted. And I thought, that's what they're going to be. He's saying per acre. But I was, so I was scared to ask. But I finally asked, like, what do you want for the whole thing? He goes, that's the whole thing. So they said they would sell us the 17, 000, or the 17 acres of land for $60,000. 
The catch is we close on it this Thursday, October the 28th, okay? So we're going to be putting out $60,000 this next week. Now, here's why that's so important for you to know and understand the miracle of this. For the past 28 years that I have pastored this church, we have been landlocked on the Bluntstown campus and have not been able to buy any land or get any easements really from anybody. Like the lane that we drove into, we didn't even own that. We didn't even have an easement. The landowner said, I'll just let you use it as long as y'all behave yourselves, and, but I'm not giving you an easement because I don't want to lock myself into anything. Well, in the process of all this, not only are we getting to buy the 17 acres of land, but they're giving us an easement for that. And then we also own a lot more land, uh, road front because, um, because of the 17 acres. And the other thing that most of you don't know is about half of the front parking lot on the Bluntstown campus has been owned by the sawmill. And we've just tried to buy those little acres of land, two or three acres of land there is. Um, and they just never would, would talk to us about it. And so now this is a miracle of God because we are getting all of, uh, we're getting all the parking lot land for less than we, I mean, we're getting all the 17 acres for less than what we offered them for just the three or four acres years ago, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a huge God thing. Wait. <clears throat> So the other thing that's happening is on our Mariana campus about, um, this is about the same time. All these things started coming together about the same time. So, you know, this is, it's no coincidence, right? On our Mariana campus, we've been, been given the opportunity to purchase basically a front two, two and a half acres where Enterprise rental car, and then if you know, there's a parking lot just north of that. There's a little parking area right north of that. So here, here's the miracle of that. Um, we have prayed for that property since we got the property in Mariana, all the rest of the property on our Mariana campus, because Enterprise Rental Car had first right of refusal on that property. So they had to be willing to sign off on that property, and we didn't think they would ever do that. And at the same time, we didn't want anybody to, to get that property other than us because, you know, that would get turned into some kind of junkyard. You know what I mean? Like a used car lot or something. I'm not trying to dish on used, but you know how that stuff can happen, right? So bottom line is like, God, what kind of miracle can you do so that, um, you know, that happens? Well, we've been praying for that for 10, 11 years. And all of a sudden now they're coming back saying, yeah, we, we think we'll sign off. We'll just continue to rent the property. And... Um, so um, it's just pretty amazing when you think about it. I told someone, I said, I feel like that what I'm starting to figure out is God has kind of said, Paul, you're going to be David and you're going to get all the infrastructure together so that Solomon can then go build a temple, like whoever is the next person. It's like God used all of my years as a businessman, hardware owner for 14 years and building spec homes for like 20 years to kind of get all the infrastructure set up for the next generation and uh, because the next generation will have residual income um, from some of these properties which is absolutely incredible now um here's the thing many of you remember that's not all of them okay it just keeps getting better um remember remember that we began the process of launching a church in our walk in wakala county in 2018 and in 2019 we pro we paused that process Temporarily, we said we're going to pause it temporarily because just some things weren't coming together the way we wanted them to come together, and so we we just felt like we needed to do that. And as hard as that was, and as difficult it was, man, we are so glad that we did because then we hit, we did that toward the end of 2019. Well, then it's like 2020, COVID hit. If we'd have tried to do what we were doing in Wakala County uh, during COVID, it would have been a disaster. It would have been a nightmare. So we we're so glad that God led us to pause that. So during this process of COVID, we've, and everything's kind of been shut down, we've been processing, praying, saying, God, how do you want us to go forward with that campus? Well, about six, eight months ago, 
Uh, one of the guy that I've been mentoring for about last eight years, he's been in my life. I mean, th- this guy is just a dynamic, amazing leader. He's been part of several church plants and, um, and even transitioned recently, last about two years ago, transitioned one of them off to another leader and just done an amazing job. Well, he, he came to me and he said, listen, I, I feel like God is saying, yes, I'm, I'm ready to be part of the RCC team, RCC staff. And uh, so he's going to come on our staff um, part-time in January. And he's going to lead the um, launch for the Wakala campus. So in January 2022, he'll come on our staff part-time. And then in uh, June of 2022, he'll come on our staff full-time and finish out that last six months of just really putting our teams together, everything that we need uh, in order to launch the um, Wakala campus in January of 2023. Now, here's what I know. That is a lot to take in. But you go ahead and celebrate all that right now, okay? You can just, it's just pretty incredible when you think about it. It's just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's like all of these things coming together for all of our campuses at one time. That's a God thing, right? Now, here's what I don't want you to miss. I feel like that God is reminding all of us of this. While the world shut down, he was still on the move. He was still working. In other words, here's what I know. God has placed before this church, Rivertown Community Church, an open door. And the big question that we got to answer is this, and that is, will we walk through it? And here's what I know. Whenever we, by faith, choose to walk through an open door, it's never easy. It's never smooth. I mean, we've had 28 years of experience to know that. But looking back, here's what we also know. Every time, it has been worth it. In fact, as the Apostle John wrote in verse 7, he says, What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And here's the meaning behind that phrase. No human being and no set of circumstances in this world can keep you from accomplishing what God asks you to do, including COVID. It's like God's working when everything else gets shut down. Because see here, here's the thing. Whenever you walk through the open door that God sets before you, you're not walking in your own plan and your own power anymore. See, here's the thing I know. Whenever you go through an open door, it may be rough. It's going to be a huge step of faith. It's always a step of faith. It's going to be a bit scary, and you aren't ever going to feel fully prepared. You're never going to feel ready. But you need to know this. God will be with you. And here's the other thing. If you don't go through it, you will never know what God could have done had you walked through it. And what will end up happening is, is your life will be the tragedy of an open door that was never entered, never walked through. Now, here's why this history lesson is not just a history lesson, but a history-making lesson for us as a church. See, God is going to continue to open doors in front of us as a church. And as he does this, the question that we have to answer as a church is this, because we believe this statement, will we walk through these open doors that God places in front of us for the rest of the year and into 2022 and beyond? See, I really think that God is saying to our churches here in North Florida, and many people look on and they go, oh man, you're just from North Florida. That's just like the panhandle of Florida, this insignificant, small, little region or Ariel, like you can't have any impact. Now, I think what God is saying to us as a church is this. He's saying, I've set before you an open door, an opportunity to make an eternal impact. Will you as a church walk through it? I really think that's the challenge that God is laying out in front of us. Once again, will we walk through another open door? So our challenge to you as we go forward is this. As of today, you have given $367,606.45. 
probably more as of today because nothing from today has been counted, right? But you've given this much toward the purchase of the Chipley land, right? So we needed about 130,000 more to close that out, right? To make that happen. Now, we also are going to be paying out 60000 out of our cushion or out of our margin this week to close on the Bluntstown property. That's margin is for those times when you have hurricanes and you have to operate for a few weeks, right, with no income, that kind of stuff, right? So we need to replace that. And then, we, as I said, we have the opportunity to purchase or secure the property on the Mariana campus where that parking lot is and the Enterprise rental car is. And the total to secure that is $50,000, which if you do the math on that, that is a total of about $240,000, right? Somewhere between two hundred thirty. dollars Two hundred forty thousand, right? <clears throat> now, so what does that mean for you? It means each one of you, you have a door to deal with this morning. So what we want you to do is want you to pray about two things. One, at the end of this year, we're going to do a end of the year offering. And we want you to pray about the amount of money that God would give you or that God would have you to give to help us as a church walk through these doors. Now, some of you You've already committed, and you're the one you're giving toward the uh, Chipley property, and I just want to say thank you for doing that. If God asks you to give more at the end of the year, please do. If God says, no, this was your commitment for this year, for purchasing property, that kind of thing, thanks for doing that to make that possible, okay? The second thing that we want you to consider is this, and this is, if you're a first-time guest here today, you just go ahead and check out at this part of the conversation, um, because I, this is, the reason I never like talking about money in church is because people who are new to church go, see, that's why I don't go to church, because they, they, it's all about money. It's not all about money. This is about open doors. And, and here's the thing that I know, um, we kind of get confused about that, because, you know, it does take funding to do anything, ministry or, any, or life. And um, here, here's what I know about a lot of you. You go to Walmart, and they always ask for money. Um, so that's a whole other story um, that we might want to think about. Um, they always ask for money. And so uh, um, here's the thing. We want you to consider how much you're going to give consistently in 2022. Um, See, through COVID, we've said very, very little about any kind of giving. Um, and we did that on purpose because everybody's going through a crisis. Everybody was going through difficult times. Nobody knew what was going to happen. So our giving has gone way down over the last couple of years, about a year and a half, about $600,000. We've seen a decrease in giving, um, about 6000 a week, which is about $312,000. Um, but you, always, you were given about 300000 above our budget um, in 2019, beginning of 2020. So here's what we know. As we move forward to relaunching our Walcott campus, uh, we need to bring our 2022 budget back to the level of 2019 to uh, 2020, which was uh, basically 50000 a week. Now, I know that sounds a, like a lot of money to those of us um, because this is what most people are more than most people make in a year in our area. But when you spread that out over four churches and three church plants, that's not a lot of money. Kind of do the math. Divide that by seven. You kind of figure out what, you know, what, how much each week that gives each campus to have. So it's not a lot of money when you spread it out that way. So this week, we want you to think about, we want you to pray. And here's the thing. If, if you've been around RCC, as I said, you, you know I don't like asking and talking about this money thing. But I'm just telling you, I'm excited this time because um, God is opening us doors of opportunity for all of our properties. And, and what's really cool about this is I feel like that what God is allowing is almost like he's saying, Paul, before, um, before you step out in the future, sometime down the future, we don't know what that's going to be, um, date or time or anything like that. And it's not going to happen tomorrow or next day, so don't even get worried. But the point is, is that um, 
it's like God is saying, I want you to get all this infrastructure, all this stuff in place, and then that will set up the next generation not to have to worry about it. All of a sudden, they'll even have residual income from places like the shopping center, possibly even that 17 acres that's on the Bluntstown campus. And so it just sets them up to be able to do ministry at a whole other level. So the next generation will not have to worry about this. So we're building a foundation for the next generation because what most of you don't know is the property that, my, that the Bluntstown campus is on, my grandfather gave to this church back in early, late 1940s and early um, 50s, I should talk to him when I get to heaven because he should have laid out some things differently, like giving us an easement to the road. But anyhow, <laughs> but, the, but the reality is that was the vision of about 12 or 15 people to reach this region for Jesus Christ. It's why they moved in from Ohio and Pennsylvania and Delaware and all those places and came to this area to reach this region for Jesus Christ. And they died happy, thinking they never saw that vision come, that they failed. Many of them died. Some of their children are getting to see what God is doing. Here's what I believe. I believe those of us that are here today, we should, when we die, the next generation should see God do even more than what we've seen. That we're just part of laying that foundation. Just like my grandparents were laying the ground foundation, we're just laying part of the next step of the foundation of, of reaching our region for Jesus Christ. Folks, this is an unprecedented opportunity to make history together as a church. It's an opportunity for you individually, and it's an opportunity for us collectively to pay a part in God's great story of what Jesus is up to in building his church. And I'm telling you, in this moment of time, I really believe that God is giving us an unprecedented opportunity. It's our chance to be part Part of what God is already going to do, either in our generation or the next generation. So this week, my prayer for you is that you begin to pray and ask God, okay, uh, what does this mean before me, for me individually? Um, we, we've been given opportunities, and, and I'm praying that you will be part of this history-making story because, see, here's what I know. Whenever we walk through any open door, God is saying to you, or you're saying to God, I should say it this way, God, I'm stepping out in your power. I'm stepping out in your plan. I'm stepping out in your purpose. And, and I know that I'm going to experience a level of life that exceeds anything that I ever could imagine. Now, what one, some of you might be sitting there going, hey, why are you specific, specifically talking to us as individuals? Like, why are you saying this to us individually? Because if you've been with us for the last four weeks, we've been reminding you that you are the church. And whatever you do individually our church does corporately. In fact, it's why on your seat, we put the I am the church card, just to remind you. In fact, as if you were here last week and I told the story of the 16-year-old guy, young man who serves in our church faithfully, and his mom got in his truck to drive it, and he had, this, he had this crimped and slid into the dashboard of his truck so he could be reminded every day that he was the church. This, this is to remind us that this door, for us to walk through this door of opportunity, we all have our part in order to make that happen. So we have to do our part to walk through that door. So here's what I wanna do, is I'm gonna pray for us. And then I want you to spend this week, begin just saying, God, you know, how do you want me to step out of my comfort zone? How, how do you want me to step through this open door? Because I'm telling you, whenever we do that, God does unexpected things. In fact, that's how I wanna close out in prayer today. Um, I wanna pray um, two verses that the Apostle Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus, and I think they're so fitting. So if all of you will bow your heads and, and just open your hearts to God on all of our campuses. This is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do far more abundant above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him, our Lord and Savior, be glory in the church 
and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Celebrate what God's doing on your campuses as you're walking out the doors. Celebrate that. And uh, man, we'll see you next week.